When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everyone. I think the transitions are a little bit a little bit shaky. I'll fix it for the next one. Uh, I forgot because I, I used to do this video on over on Scout, and uh, I duplicated all the settings over. And then, of course, I had like the old starting soon in. I had all the Scout transitions, and I realised that two minutes before I was due to come on. So attention to detail. Absolutely perfect, as you'd all expect uh, from Blackbox. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me. If you're here for Mark Southerns, I'm afraid he will not be joining me on these team selection videos. The plan is, uh, if anyone watched my videos on, on Scout every week, I would basically just go into a bit more detail about some of the, the stuff that I talked about in Blackbox, looking at uh, my game week looking at my team selection and then I've got a watch list which I update every week which looks at some of the key stats, the players I'm considering, how they're stacking up against my players, all that kind of thing. It's a little bit self-indulgent, not going to lie, but hopefully it will help people, you know, kind of make decisions and, and pick players and maybe there's a few people who are kind of interested in me struggling again like I probably will end up doing uh, this season. No, let's not be defeatist already uh, it's fine because uh, there's already 188 people in the chat hello to everyone hopefully you'll join me for this series i think i will try and do this every week on the channel even the lead up to the to the season just to kind of talk about if, how my plans are, are changing and if there's any players that i'm i'm looking at pre-season will be big um as well uh and for those of you who don't know i am currently off twitter at the moment i am not watching any of these scout team selection videos I'm just sitting back, I'm doing the old TikTok, <laughs> doing the old Instagram post, but I don't really know what the template is or who's in it. I mean, I'm looking at kind of the overall ownership, but I'm imagining there's some players who are who are on the Twitter template that aren't in this, but I genuinely have no idea um, who they are. So apologies if my team is incredibly template, but I can honestly say it was built with good intentions of not uh, doing that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Talk a bit about my team, talk a bit about my players, talk about this guy who's on the thumbnail, who I never thought would be in my first draft, but but here he is. Uh, so let's get into it. If anyone has any questions about anything, uh, you know, the idea, do these live, take some questions from the chat, any players that you think I should be considering, whether you like my team or not, drop your drafts in as well, and I'll talk through those uh, too. You can see Focal's in the chat. Hi to him, hi to Yelena in the chat, hi to Dan, those of the old, the old guard from my old scout videos. Nice to, uh, nice to see you all. Okay, so... Here's the team, straight into that transition was awful, don't worry about it. Right, so this is the team at the moment. It's changed a little bit since the very first one that I put together, but there's a couple of the, the kind of names in here which you're all going to recognise. I mean, it's, it's either Salah or no Salah, isn't it? I'm guessing most people are going without Salah because you're trying to fit Rashford and, and Saka in, um, and it's hard to do that alongside Haaland. So this is the team I've, I've got. I've gone for Flecken uh, in goal, 4.5 goalkeeper, we're waiting to see whether he's going to kind of usurp uh, Raya in the team, whether Raya gets sold for big money. I actually had an email uh, after the last black box with Mark 
um, saying it was from uh, it was someone whose friend is a is a Brentford season ticket holder and you know very active in the forums and all kind of that. And he says that Flecken has been brought in to be first choice, no matter what happens with with Raya. So. If that's the case, if we're going to get a 4.5 million uh, Brentford goalkeeper, he was a top performing goalkeeper last season, Raya. So you've got to think Flecken is going to come in uh, and do a similar job. I think Brentford are a good side and, and are going to do well. So looking at the 4.5 sort of goalkeeper options, he's he's the kind of standout for me. If it's not him, I think if Anana comes into United, depending on price, if they price him at five, I think he could also be one that, that I go for. De Gea did well for me amazingly last season um, at around the same price and obviously I haven't got Shaw in this draft as we talk about in a bit so that'd be a bit of a way of of covering that so I've got 0.5 in the bank with this this draft ready for Onana what's his name if he comes in uh, to the team um, it's Trent in defence it's Zinchenko and Estepinion I mean I imagine this is very boring <laughs> out there. I imagine quite a few people have, have maybe got Shaw alongside those three and are playing a back four, or they've got Shaw in for one of Zinchenko or an else's opinion, or I mean, there might be someone playing, you know, no no Trent and going with Shaw. Shaw is a, a great pick. He's, he's obviously got the bonus potential. He's got the assist threat. He's playing at left back. United are going to go in with their first choice uh, centre-back pairing, which is always a bonus as well, and it's good fixtures. So there's no really reason not to select uh, sure, it's just I prefer Arsenal's opening fixtures, and I think with Rice coming in, um, they're going to be really, really strong defensively. I think Estepinion, I think you just need him really for those first couple. You know, Luton at home, I think we'll keep a clean sheet in that one, and then two more really good games off the back of that. There's not really anyone that can cover that that Brighton defence. You know, Dunk's the same price. Are you going to go for a Veltman or a Webster? I'm not sure, but I do think there's there's scope to sell Estepinion after that because, well, like we're going to talk about in a minute, my have some concerns about Brighton's current state of um, affairs uh, at the moment. A few people asking about Zinchenko um, in the team. Uh, I mean, I like Gabriel at five. I like Zinchenko at five. Saliba, I'm probably hoping for a bit more, I mean, for a bit less. I mean, I know he uh, started the season so strongly, but I doubt that's going to happen. So it's either Zinchenko or, or Gabriel, um, isn't it? I just think with Zinchenko, you know, coming into the middle like he does and getting forward, He's got that little bit more assist threat, I think. Gabriel's obviously got the the goals, but didn't see too many of those um, last season. Arsenal don't typically tend to whip balls into Gabriel anymore, like we've seen, which is probably why he got so few goals um, last season. I think Zinchenko will have to be playing more in midfield with the signing of Havertz, who also incredibly makes my my starting into my starting eleven. Uh, so yeah, Zinchenko or Gabriel, I think both are absolutely fine picks. I mean, there's lots of good five million options as well. West opinions there. You've got Moreno. Um, as well, my best friend Pedro Porro, who will be going on the wall at some point. I'm just waiting for uh, you know the Etsy uh, artist to to get back to me. So I like that kind of price bracket quite a lot. So I think a five million defender is is a good way to go. And obviously I've got two of them in there. Midfield, two no surprises, two maybe somewhat surprises. Rashford's really hard to ignore him against Wolves at home. Wolves are really going to struggle this season. I think, and I'm seeing a lot of people going for Fernandez, and I can honestly say he hasn't featured in any of my thinking at the moment. I, I just don't know why you would pay 0.5 less and get him when surely he's going to be playing deeper. They're not going to put Mount in that deep-lying role. I can't imagine Fernandez suddenly being unlocked and playing really far up the pitch. Maybe I'll be wrong about that, but I just think Rashford at 0.5, if it was 1 million or 1.5, there might be a case. We don't know who's going to be on penalties. Maybe Fernandez gets penalties back as well and becomes a factor but I think starting the season I just think if you're going into that game without Rashford especially if they're still struggling for a strike and he's going to be playing up front 
Um, he's still really the pick that, that I want. Uh, Saka, absolute no-brainer. Should have been 9.5. He's a million cheaper than he should have been. He's on penalties. He's got an incredible opening run of games. I, I, he's Him and Haaland, for me, I just don't think you can build a team without them. Trent's kind of very close on that time, top-tier list. But Saka and Haaland, no chance. You can't cover Saka with, with Martinelli or... or um, Who's the other one? Odegaard. I don't believe it. You can't cover him with, with Jesus. They're all kind of supplementary. So trying to find that third Arsenal um, spot is is kind of a, a key decision and, and one of the reasons why I've, I've ended up with Havertz um, in this. Uh, Foden is in there. Already some people saying minutes risk FC. Yeah, but look at that bench. You know, Bell and Scarpa. Whew, be, be absolutely fine. Is Foden minutes risk? I guess he always is. I guess it kind of depends on, on what the kind of situation is at, at Man City and, and who they sign. Um, where does Foden play um, in that team? You know, De Bruyne is out. I'm, I'm earmarking Foden for that kind of a more advanced kind of not quite a ten role, but sort of a ten role um, in there. I don't really think they have anyone else that can do that. I mean, Kovacic could, Phillips could, but he's so out of favour. I'd be very surprised if they didn't give Foden a, a bit of a chance to show what he can do um, at the start of the season, especially as he played such a bit part um, towards the end of, of last year. So. Again, it's dependent on, on pre-season. That Foden could easily be a Madison. That 7.5 spot is, is really, really interesting. You know, even if you go down to seven, you've got the likes of Sterling. Can he hit the ground running? You've got um, Kulisevsky, um as well. There's plenty of option if, if, if Foden doesn't start um, like we think he will. So we'll check out what's happening in, in pre-season. I could even move him over to Amares if you think he's going to start. You know how good he's been for me in, in previous seasons. Uh, two or maybe even a Grealish if he stopped partying hard. So one of those Man City mids, I think, are, are good, a kind of good value uh, there. Havertz. Let's come on to Havertz now. Before I talk about Havertz, I know what I said about him in years gone by. He, I, I, I get called out every now and then for a, a too strong opinion on a certain player. I watched Havertz in his early days at Chelsea, running round. He looked a bit lost. I compared him to a Sunday League player. He's obviously not a Sunday League player. He's a German international. It was a you know emphasis for effect um, type comment. Um, he scored the goal that year in the in the Champions League final. But you've got to admit that his his kind of spell at Chelsea has been disappointing by the standards. I think he set in the Bundesliga and for the international team. Now a lot of that is down to the role that he's had at Chelsea. I think that that striker position just doesn't suit him. Um, they've tried to play him on the right a little bit. That works semi-effectively for him in, in the Bundesliga but hasn't really worked um, in the Premier League when, when kind of pace and, and strength has been important and he's maybe drifted a bit too too far over. Um, I'd urge anyone watching this to check out Statsman Dave uh, on YouTube. He's done a brilliant video on, on Havertz's role um, in the team and when they signed him my immediate thought was he doesn't fit into this team. He, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to play. He's, he's going to be a rotation option um, and then I, the more I kind of looked into it, the more I looked at the, the role Chaka had last season um, and what they're kind of looking for that spot with him moving on, the more I think actually Havertz is going to be a good pick in that position. His finishing is questionable. His, every, a lot of his other attributes um, are really good. His work rate is, is, has always been really good. His link-up play has always been excellent. His movement into space is, is is phenomenal. It's just that kind of that final product that he's he's been lacking. And when you're a striker, and you know you're being marked tightly in the way that he is, um, I don't think that's really suited the kind of role that he has. If he's playing in this kind of more deeper role, this eight, and he's getting forward and back, 
in, in you know, we've seen that with players like Torre, with Ramsey, Jacob Ramsey's played that, you know, maybe to less good effect. Um, and Gundogan obviously being the, the kind of the, one of the best players that we've, we've ever had in FPL doing that, doing that role. Um, I think there's real potential for Havertz to kind of cement that, that role. He doesn't have the defensive kind of nuance that, that Chaka has, which means I think Zinchenko is going to have to cover for him a lot. But when you've got a fullback like him who can come into that pivot so well, I just think that's going to unlock Havertz to a degree that we that we haven't seen before. So I'm guessing he's not in many teams. I think his ownership is like 3% or something like that. Um, but I think there's there's got to be a plan for him. You know, they're not going to spend £65 million pounds um, on a player and 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 you know not have him. I mean, he is a good squad option. He can play on the right if Saka needs a break. He can play up front if Jesus needs a break. But I think that role for him, playing in deep and, and bombing forward um, and and coming into an area which their their goals typically come from, that kind of left hand side ish place, that's where he that's where he really excels um, at, at scoring goals. And that's one of the points that Statsman Dave makes um, in his video is that you'd expect him to score more goals from the right because he's left-footed. Um, but that's where the kind of creative hub is for Arsenal, with Odegaard and Saka on that side. If he's coming in from the left, or he's, he is more clinical, um, he's got more options to, to kind of score and, and get chances. So it's a punt, don't get me wrong, but the platform is there for him with the opening fixtures um, to really kind of cement himself. So anyway, that is my, that is my speech um, on, on Havertz. That third spot is 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 really really interesting for us. So there's you know there's going to be interest in, in Jesus eight million. There's obviously going to be huge amounts of, of interest in Odegaard as well. Um, eight point five. Is he really going to replicate the season that he had last year? I'm just not too sure. So I think you you want to be going in with three with three Arsenal. So Havertz is, is is a bit of a pun. Maybe it'll be a disaster. Maybe Odegaard will be the one that I should have gone for. We're not really considering Martinelli. I mean we know the, kind of what he's capable of um, as well. But with Trossard there, it's more of a risk. I just don't see anyone in that team being able to play um, that Havertz role in the way that, that he um, is is potentially going to. So anyone, someone, someone a little bit different for you to to think about. What's everyone saying about Havertz? Let's have a look at the uh, uh, the thing. Uh, as you can't cover Odegaard with Havertz, Omar, I can't see Odegaard scoring fifteen again. Fifteen's a lot of goals, isn't it? I mean, how many can? I mean, Havertz, you know, in that Arsenal team should be pushing twenty goal involvements. You'd have thought. I can't see why he he wouldn't be, given the, the talent that he's he's clearly got and the the, the fact that he's you know um, Arteta's putting that that trust in him. If he gets twenty goal involvements for a for a seven point five, that'd be a great a great thing. I, I don't think Foden's hit that in in the time that he has, um, for example. So yeah, I I I really like him. I mean, point five more for for Jesus is tempting. But then we come on to my my forward line um, with Harlands who. Not even going to bother talking about great option. Gakpo. Now, Gakpo, I'm going to say this right now. Gakpo is the player who will be the biggest joke of a price when the season ends. There is absolutely no way that Cody Gakpo is going to come out of this season without being in everyone's team at some point in the year. He's too good. His finishing's too good. Liverpool are going to improve. They're going to get, they're going to be, they're going to get top four. I'm, I have absolutely no doubt. McAllis is a great signing. Sabozlai, Sabozlai, please, I got that right. Um, is a great signing um, as well. They've got Trent in midfield. Obviously, there's threats of rotation um, to him, but I really don't think Darwin. Darwin's going to have to do a lot to get back into that team, um, I think. And he's typically played kind of on the left, so it's Jota and uh, Gakpo fighting out for that central position. And I just think Gakpo's got more of what of what Klopp's looking for um, in that side. Jota's obviously got the work rate and has really good spells. But I think Gakpo is, is going to show that consistency, which which they're looking for. So seven point five for him, absolutely love it. I, I just, 
I think people are going to sleep on him because you, you're either going to go Salah or uh, or and or Trent as well. And I'm I'm just not sure people are going to are, are going to take the risk on Gakpo because of, because they're going to be worried about his minutes. But he is he's he's for seven point five. Already people are saying he, he he won't cover Salah. You don't need him to. He's seven point five million. You know, he's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's five million less than Salah. He doesn't need to cover him. He just needs to get you a goal every other game, and he, and he's good value for his price. He will easily outscore loads of players around that seven point five bracket. I've got absolutely no doubt about it. And you can come back to that at the at the end of the season when he's got three goals and <laughs> getting shipped off to I don't know Germany or or something. But no, I'm I'm convinced. And then we come on to Ferguson now. Ferguson is my my kind of Brighton weapon of choice, and I think we all need to be thinking about one of them. I'm imagining Matoma is, is the most popular. He is in terms of ownership. He is on, in terms of Twitter. Obviously, had had a great season last year. Dropped off towards the end. I thought he was one of our more clinical players. He's not. He's another one that you wouldn't trust with with a chance, like March, like Gross, like all like Welbeck, Undav, all the other players except for one, who is Ferguson. Now, people are worried about his minutes. His, his minutes are a concern, right? We, we've got options around around um, around that striker spot as well. I was listening to Let's Talk Slippers. Uh, he made a great point that Ferguson only played 90 minutes once all of last season, which was right at the end um, as well. He was brought into the team quite late. He's been protected as well because he was 18 years old and he's you know suddenly getting call-ups to Ireland and there's a lot of pressure being kind of heaped on him, especially with the end-of-season run that we had where we were trying to push on into that European football slots i've just got absolutely no doubt that he's the best striker that we have in the side he's he's miles clear of, of undav um welbeck's a, a great squad player but he he can't do what ferguson does ferguson is a is a 15 goal a season from now player in my opinion he's got strength he can finish he's quick he's good on the ball he links up play really well he can pass he's got every attribute that you would want he's like when harry kane came in um, and, and just absolutely blitzed it when he, when he was young. I honestly think he's got that level of, of talent in him. Um, I'm so, so excited to see him, him kind of play. And looking at, the, looking at the kind of Brighton teams that we've got, and this kind of talks into where I'm a bit kind of, a bit worried about the kind of depth that we have. Because, I mean, there are people considering Ferguson, there's people considering Matoma, there's people considering Enciso um, as well. So I just had to think about what our kind of best 11 is. And I think Jal Pedro has been bought in as a, as a record signing. So I think he's going to come into that kind of number 10 off the striker kind of role where we, we mostly saw McAllister play last season, but we also saw Gross kind of interchange and things like that. I think Pedro's going to interchange alongside that, that front three. He's typically a, a, a striker. You can also play at the 10. He can also play on the left um, as well. He's not a goal scorer, though. That's the main thing with him. Ferguson is the only real goal scorer that we have in the side. So why would you not play him when we bought in another player like Pedro who can dribble, who can create chances and set up more kind of chances for, for Ferguson. So Pedro's coming in, he's 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 he, he will play a few games up front, he'll play a few games on the left, I imagine, and, and give Matoma a bit of a break um, as well. But I think in terms of the starting eleven, it's Ferguson with Pedro uh, just behind him. Matoma on the left, I think Solly March is still still our first choice right winger. I don't think Bonanotte is is ready um, to take that that role. And CISO doesn't play on the right, at least he hasn't done in, in any of the games um, so far, he's young, versatile. Maybe he will play some more, but that isn't where he's been playing. So I think March is is pretty safe and probably not in too many teams as well. So I think he's a he's a consideration uh, too. It's Gross and Casado, unless he leaves. If Casado leaves, and Gilmore I think comes into to that role 
Um, and then in, in the kind of defence, we've got Estepinian, Dunk, Webster, Veltman. Now, we really have so few other options in that kind of defensive back four. We've got no one who can play left back. <laughs> Literally no one else. Um, so Estepinian is about as safe as it gets. We've got Van Heck, who came in towards the end of last season, did well. Uh, Kovarnik. Polish international, haven't seen too much of him. Lamptey, unfortunately, I just don't think has the backing of, of the Zerbi, but might get a few a few games. We don't have Colwell, we have no other centre-backs that can come in. Um, kind of big big worry um, with that. Uh, we've got Steele and Verbruggen, who are the two kind of um, kind of concerns in, in terms of which one's going to start. I think Steele probably starts the season, Verbruggen um, comes in. Um, but that is essentially the kind of the two lineups that we've got. We've got Tahoud as well um, from Dortmund. Who probably is, is is probably a bit unlucky not to not to kind of feature on here. I think he's going to feature more than more than Lallana and Milner um, on on this list. Um, who does he oust though in terms of that that midfield three? I think that kind of ten role, that Pedro role, is going to be one that kind of does really kind of rotate around these different kind of picks that that we've got um, as well. Um, I think Milner's mostly just there for the kind of experience and and kind of Lallana too. Um, so yeah, I mean it would be Gilmore or or, or um, De Who coming in. Um, potentially for Casado if, if he does if he does leave, but expect some kind of rotation around around those kind of three midfield spots, which leads us to which players to consider. And you know, if you're going for Matoma, you've got that kind of safety net of the fact that he's kind of the most natural left winger that we have um, in the side. I think we've got Sonny March, although it'd be, it's a shame that he's priced that little bit more. But I think Ferguson is someone again that um, I think he's at twelve percent ownership, so he's not he's not incredibly he's not an incredible like differential in terms of ownership, but. He's a player that I think is going to do really well. And again, really strong fixtures to, to open the season with. Um, I think there's a minimal risk with, with him starting the season at least. Maybe when Europe comes around, things change. That's my feelings on him. I think Ferguson is a, is a good pick. Right, let's have a look at some comments uh, then. Yeah, quite a few against against the Hood. Yeah, and perhaps he was a bit of an oversight kind of on these on these lists. Um, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen too much of him uh, to be honest. Be interesting to see whether he comes straight into the the starting lineup. Whether there's a bit of a kind of a, an adjustment period for him. Um, obviously, if Casella leaves, and that kind of fast tracks him uh, a little bit more. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see kind of where he where he comes in. Again, Ash, don't you start very early for UEFA qualifying? Yeah, we do. We, um, the, again, it's going to be really interesting to see how we kind of uh, manage. Um, manage that uh, we've seen teams struggle and as these kind of graphics hopefully demonstrate the squad depth isn't massive particularly at, at centre-back which is where I'm really worried if we get an injury to one of Dunk or Webster or Estepinion or Veltman we, we could be in absolute real trouble uh, next year uh, Kai mentioning Gross yeah I think Gross is, a, is an interesting pick as well again I wish he was at 6 million but he should be on set pieces Deserby loves him, absolutely loves him. I don't think there's any risk of him dropping out for one of the Hood or, or one of these other other players. Um, so yeah, really nice pick um, for him. Uh, Emmanuel, what about Moda? I don't think Moda's good enough, or at least he's not not at the moment to really factor into this. Not with all the other kind of options that we've got in midfield. Um, so yeah, not too uh, not too worried about that. Oh, Slippers is in the chat. Where's the real draft? What oh, what excellent banter, Slippers. Typical. But you've done your fifth. Uh, team selection video already of you to get those uh, get those YouTube monies or some of your first one I'm sure it'll be terrible and template whatever it is uh, watch list time so basically what I've done here is just look at all of the players that I think are options really kind of at the start of the season and it's quite a lot I was really, really surprised. I mean, when I was looking through all these picks, you know, sometimes you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to say this guy and then everyone's going to be like, oh, you're not seriously going to start with him. I think any of the options 
um, that I've I've got on this, this screen are, are interesting. And if there's anything you think I'm missing, do let me know. But I mean, in defence, you know, Trent is obviously top of the pile. Trippier may be a little bit too expensive, but if he's going to go and have another 200 point season, six five is going to seem like a bargain um, for him. Five point five bracket looks good. Shaw, James, Chilwell. Five bracket, like I said, looks really good. Ake, Man City, Porro, Moreno, Zinchenko, Estepinion. Really nice options. You've got the 4.5s. You've got Botman going to be in everyone's team, uh, I imagine. Henry, Destiny, Destiny Adogi. There's a, um, a great video on um, Planet of BL's Patreon um, about him and kind of the, the tactics with, uh, with their new manager and how the fullbacks are going to do and what that means for the wingers. Um, so sign up to that if, if you haven't already. Um, but essentially, if we're expecting Tottenham to be more defensively astute and if we see Session on leave, and we see Perisic move on, then Destiny is going to be a, 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 an interesting pick. For Fana, 4.5. Didn't even realise he was 4.5. Surely he's going to be starting centre-back for them. He cost them £80 million, pounds, wherever he was at the start of, of last season. Um, you know, it might be they look to build a team with him and um, Colwell, you know, kind of as the future of, of the defenders. But if that's the case, you've got 4.5 million defender playing for Chelsea, who surely are going to do better than they did last year. A good option. You've got Creswell, spelt wrong, 4.5 on set pieces. So you come back into the team and you've got Cash, uh, two, you know, Concer as well is an option. Um, we're expecting Torres to sign, which kind of ruins Mings. But, you know, if you've got cash, if you've got Concer, um, you're not going to get too many attacking returns. But a bit like Botman, we're expecting quite a defensive, only um, sound team from them. And then you've got four million options, you know, f- three of them, Bell, Bayer and Bulldog, all at four. Defence is really nice. There's loads of there's loads of potential um, here. And I think these, these spots are going to be moved around um, a fair bit this season just because the, the locks look so, you know, obvious for us at the start doesn't mean that we might not suddenly want the Man City uh, defender or a more attacking fullback if, if someone like Porro or Moreno um, starts to look the part so really like defence really like the pricing of some of these um, as well I think they've got the pricing of, of defenders pretty much spot on barring maybe Robertson and, and Van Dijk and obviously Ben White at 5-5 and, and Botman but the rest of these um, I think are, are really good looking at defence uh, sorry looking at midfield Salah is the biggest risk, starting without him, trying to cover him with the likes of Gakpo, uh, Diaz, uh, and all that is, is just a recipe waiting for disaster. You've got to hope that the, the rest of your squad, you know, your Rashford, your Gakpo, um, kind of make up the ground because it's, you know, it, that's what it is. It's Salah and, you know, a six million potentially or a six five, maybe Eze, not a bad pick. Um, but then it's versus, you know, a Rashford and a Gakpo, for example, um, or something like that. So. You've got to look at it, kind of the different combinations that you're you're going for. Uh, Son at nine could be a real factor. How do we move for him? Um, you know, how do we get the extra money out of our out of our uh, team if if he suddenly hits ground running and looks on course for a 2025 goal season? That's going to shake things up. Talked about Fernandez already. Eight five. I don't think he's worth it at the moment, but again, gets penalties, plays a bit further up the pitch. Suddenly, we're all going to be looking for him. Odegaard. is there as well. They got it down at eight. He's eight five, isn't he? I've got that a little bit wrong, um, but you know. Trying to factor him in is, is 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 difficult. I think he could have been eight five and second nine, but we won't go on about that again too much. And then you've got the seven fives, three good options there: Havertz, Foden, and Madison. Um, you know, Madison, Havertz both playing for new sides, but have that kind of Premier League experience um, as well. Foden, big season for him. You know, what happens if he's a bit play, bit part player again? He's going to really start getting cold feet um, in that City side. And the seven million options. I mean, look at Bowen, Sterling, and Kulusevski. I really like the three of those. I think any three of those could. Could, could have a really good season. Bowen's hit 200 points before. Sterling's hit 200 points multiple times um, before. Kulusevski had a bad season last year, but again, could he be kind of restored under the, the new manager? You know he's got it in him um, to be kind of consistent. 
And then even coming down to the 6.5 bracket, Pascal Gross, Eze, Embomo, March, Matoma, you know, these are all good picks kind of around that, that price. And which one is going to be the one that kind of really kind of stands out um, against uh, kind of everyone else? Gibbs White at six. Again, he could have been 6.5. I think he's 0.5 too cheap. I still can't believe he managed what, 12 assists last season. That's, that's nuts. So if he's going to get anywhere near that, he's going to be a, you know, a, a really good kind of um, value pick. Uh, and then I've got Nciso in just because this, you know, he's such a talented player. There's, there's no reason why he can't break into the team and be part of our first eleven. Um, but after kind of, kind of flirting with him a little bit in some of my drafts, I think he might be a bit too much of a, a gamble. I think Ferguson is a kind of a semi-gamble, and Nciso is just a bit too much um, for me, which is why he's there. No mount, Phil Marshall says. Yeah, I guess so. I think I'm done with Mount. <laughs> I started with him last season. He was an absolute disaster um, as well. So yeah, I probably won't be going. I probably won't be going there again. Though you know, if, if you've got Fernandez and, and Casemiro playing in a, in a deeper role, and Mount is free just to just to kind of get full as much as he can, um, then then it might be a pick. But maybe Mount is the one that covers, and Fernandez goes. Maybe it's a bit of a kind of a, a tandem like we see at Brighton um, as well. And you know, Brighton are clearly now the masters of, of that, uh, like those different pivots. Um, so yeah, interesting to see what, what happens with him uh, too. But Mount at seven, I think there's I think there's better options. I don't I don't think he's going to break into uh, break into these uh, too much. And then up front, then loads of good options here as, as well. Harland and Kane. What's going to happen to Kane? Is he going to go buy? Is he going to start the season at Spurs? Is he going to sign a new contract for the millionth time? Maybe uh, Jesus and Watkins both at eight. Wilson a bit more of a risk just because he's got the the Isak threat kind of around him. Gakpo, who I absolutely love. Mitrovic, does he get penalties back? Does Fulham go on and have a good season? He could be a factor for us, although he's a, he's a bit overpriced. And Kunku, I, I see his ownership is, is really, really high. I think it's to do with Chelsea's fixtures, um, kind of from game week two um, onwards. Where's he going to play? Does that affect Sterling's role? What about Jackson? Does he come into the team? I guess Nkunku is the kind of safer uh, pick, just given the record that he's got and the fact they need goals. They desperately need to get him into the side kind of as quickly as possible uh, then we've got Ferguson uh, and then we've got Morris at Luton I'm not too big a fan of the other kind of promoted strikers but he could do a job at 5-5 and then Balogun as well I mean he scored buckets I think it was at Lille last season um, and there's lots of kind of rumours that you know Palace are looking for him and, and kind of other other Premier League teams um, so if he gets to move somewhere then I think the, the shift to 5 midfield is going to be incredibly popular because you'll have a starting 4.5 option up front so loads of Loads of options. Oh, was it Stardar Rene? Sorry, I thought it was Lille. Stardar Rene that Balakin was on was at. But yeah, highly highly sort of sought after by, by quite a few uh, teams. And then that led me to kind of build a team of differentials. So these are kind of the, some of the best ones that I think are, are out there. Uh, Flecken and Kepper, if they can kind of get, if, if Chelsea can get their act together. Um, Ake, Bulldog, if you, if you go for someone other than Bell, maybe he's playing at wing back. Poro and Moreno, both at five. Chilwell being overlooked. James's ownership is much, much higher. Uh, Havertz, Luis Diaz, who I didn't have in the watch list. But again, if he can cement down that left, that left-hand spot. Son, Gibbs, White and Gross. Morris, Gakpo, Mitrovic. You know, these are, these are, these are great picks. All under 10% ownership um, at the time of, of recording this. So lots of different ways that we can go. Maybe everyone does start with, with similar teams. And 
you know, I know people call for the template to be axed, myself included, but maybe the way to go with this season is to kind of play it relatively safe, see who emerges and be the first to kind of jump on, on new kind of players and trends as they emerge. Because I, I really do think that the way this season's going to go, we're going we're gonna to want so many different players in our side. We might think we're settled with a game week one team, but as soon as we're looking at a game week two, we're going to be wanting to make quite a few quite a few changes so yeah exciting time um exciting exciting time to pick uh, your team let's just go back to my team uh, so just as a reminder the team i've got at the moment flecking gold trent zinchenko esther pinion rashford saka foden havertz harland gakpo ferguson uh, and on the bench Ariola, kenny usurp fabianski uh, cash bell and scarper why not Mark says he's great and he's going to break into the team one day. So let's just kind of go uh, with that. Right. Anyone in the chat? Let me move this little screen over. Let me know. Come on. Differentials. Who are people going for? What is... The, well, no. I, why am I asking what the template is? That defies the entire point of me staying kind of off uh, off Twitter. Um, Gajala Horn says, I hope United will buy a, a striker. Um, that changes everything. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? If they, well, imagine if they went out and bought Kane, for example. You know, what if they did just pay the hundred million for him, um, and he and he came over? I, I think that's probably quite unlikely, but it would be, you know, an amazing kind of uh, addition to the game if suddenly Kane was was being featured in in kind of more teams um, as well. Uh, they're looking at that um, that Scandinavian striker, aren't they, uh, as well? But always a risk with, with players like that I, I don't think we'll be starting the team starting in the team with that but um, you know if he hits the ground running um, then we'll see what's his name again I should know that one someone will tell me something <laughs> someone will tell me um, Mayak Sunerja Hoyland that's him Hoyland 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 let's go with that yeah, he could be an option. I wonder where he'd come in at. He'd probably maybe come in at 8-5? Eight, 8-8-5? Eight, eight, maybe a kind of a similar to like a Jesus price. Um, something like that. Francis Logan, Poro and Madison. Supposed to be more, far more attacking. Will they? I think his first priority is going to be stop them leaking so many goals, you know? And, you know, if, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Son. What's Son's role in the team? Is he going to be asked to drop back? Is he going to be asked to drop, drop a bit wider? Um, as well, uh, and, and kind of what happens, especially if Kane they lose Kane as well. I mean, how do that? How do you replace Kane in in that in that kind of side? Um, I don't know. I think it, it's it's a risk to say that they're gonna he's gonna transform Spurs from an attacking sense because I I just don't think that's gonna be the priority, especially if, if Kane leaves. They're gonna have to work a way to work without him, um, kind of in in that side. So everyone's saying he's a very Attacking manager, yeah, we'll see. Just yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to be an attacking manager though, and it's to take on a, a team with massive defensive issues like Spurs have had, kind of in the side. So I don't know, we'll see. I think it's it's a wait and see on Spurs for me. I don't think I'll be starting with any any of their players. Yeah, aggressive, high press, high intensity um, is is one thing. Does that doesn't always necessarily translate to to lots of goals, especially there's other final priorities. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, Spurs do want attacking football, let's be honest, but would you take attacking football in a 10th place finish? I don't know, he's got to be, he's got to be practical, it's a results game at the end of the day, and just because things have worked for him at, at Celtic and, and other clubs doesn't necessarily mean they're going to translate to, but I mean, he's got the tools to, to attack. I don't know, it's going to be interesting, we, I, I, the jury's out, 
on him until I've until I've seen them until I've seen them play. I do love Porro though, but he's not going to be at wing back most likely because he plays with a back four. So that's where Destiny at four five uh, might be a particular option uh, for him. Um, yes, thank you, Aaron Dixon. Like the stream. Yeah, nearly five hundred people watching. I'm really happy with that. Thanks for tuning in. Do give me a like. Uh, do subscribe to Black Box as well. This obviously won't be replacing anything on the channel. It's just a kind of optional extra uh, for you to, to watch alongside the normal Black Box um, as well. Uh, Mark and I'll be doing a video at some point. I don't know if it's this week, maybe next week. I've got Nat on on Wednesday um, as well. My old apprentice, um, just to kind of have a bit of a chat with her to find out how she's been getting on the last few seasons. Um, talk to her a bit about how she's you know approaching the game now that she's kind of quite involved in the in the in the Twitter community uh, and things, how she's getting on with effective ownership and making decisions off the back of that. So we'll kind of see, um, yeah, kind of see how she how she's faring. So it'd be nice to catch up with her. So that's going out Wednesday, I think. Um, so we'll talk from that. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for this video. As I said, I will probably be back next week. If the team's the same, if I've made any changes, should I still do another video? <laughs> Seems a bit pointless. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe. But I'll tell you what, if, if next week the team's the same, then I'll do like a kind of rate draft team. Um, and we'll, we'll grab some uh, we'll grab some, some of your teams and I'll, I'll go through those. That'll be a bit different. If the team's change, let's say if I, if I make more than th three or more changes, then I'll do a team section video. If not, I'll, uh, I'll rate some teams. Double green, nice different team, is it? Oh, God. <laughs> what is the team that people have? I guess it's going to be... If I was to guess, Mbomo is going to be popular, isn't he? Um, maybe Foden to Mbomo, Havertz to Odegaard, Gakpo to someone. Maybe no, I couldn't have Jesus, that'd be three already. I don't know, Ferguson. Is Ferguson? I don't know, I'm not going to try and guess. Doesn't matter. Quite a few people don't like the Havertz pick. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Kieran West, are you going to do your team reveals on Fantasy Football Scout? No, no more team reveals on Scout. I am, however, back with um, Sam to do the Q&As uh, over on there. So that'll be every Friday afternoon. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then the team selections are moving over to here um, for a bit. It just made sense to kind of keep, you know, I can do the, the initial kind of chats with, with Mark and then go into a bit more detail um, on Blackboard rather than having to kind of repeat everything kind of over and over again. Um, so that's why I'm doing that. Uh, Trini Goon, I think of finals, I've had four different players. Well, knowing me, I make four different transfers on the last bloody 10 minutes of the deadline which always you know goes to shit basically so i'm determined not not to do that so i'm hoping to lock in my team way before the deadline um as well uh can we be rating some drafts yep we will hopefully do that kind of next season uh scott warring fan team content no i don't think so i'd, I'd love to do some fan team content again um this is said with absolutely no affiliation with fan team whatsoever these days um, I think their game is really, really good. And if, if you are looking for a game to play where you can, you know, bet a bit of money that you can afford to, to lose, like I did last season, um, they've got a good game. You know, it's, it's the same as FPL, but there's no chips. The pricing's good. Um, and yeah, you can you can actually win some some money on it. Um, it's difficult. The, the quality of, of people on it is, is really good. Um, I think I, I think I put in about 30 or 40 quid last year. I think I lost about five or something like that because you earn money... Um, you know, based on where you, where you finish. Um, it's not just like first place wins all, like in FPL, it's, uh, you know, you can, I think if, if you're in top 50% or something, you still get some of your money back. So yeah, worth, worth a try. Do check out Fan Team. I don't know what they're offering this year, uh, but it is, it is a good game to, to play. 
alongside. Uh, Trini Guna, how much does Twitter influence your decisions? Well, I'd like to think it doesn't. Um, I think I'm guilty of, of going too much the other way when I see someone, you know, uh, in, in someone's team and, or in everyone's team, I think, oh, well, I'm looking for any excuse not to kind of get them. So it probably influences me that way. Uh, I'm just trying not to do that that this season. Um, I'm sure I'll end up with some pre-season uh, bandwagons that everyone's kind of going for and, you know, I'll end up I'll end up pretty template. But if, if I build a team and I come to the end of the season and I've got 15 out of 15 at the template, then I can hold my hand up and say that I wasn't influenced by the people's decisions and that's that's kind of what I'm going for uh, with this. So, yeah, we will see. And in all honesty, I'm not massively missing Twitter um, at the moment. It's quite nice not to be flicking through it and scrolling through. Uh, I'm, you know, focusing on, uh, well, work, which is boring, um, but also doing some TikTok stuff uh, as well, which is actually quite fun. It's quite fun just doing, like, minute-long videos um, and kind of seeing how they go. Uh, so yeah, do check out the TikTok channel if you fancy uh, that. Um, right, I'm going to call it there. Thank you guys for joining in. It's been great. Hope you enjoy the draft. Do give me a comment um, on the stream. Do give me a like as well if you haven't already and subscribe to the channel. And I will be back on Wednesday with Nat. Hopefully then with Mark, maybe over the weekend or early next week. Uh, and then back next week with another one of these team selection videos. See you later. Podcast Network.